0: Thanks to everyone who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash support. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, October 19th, 2018 in
2: Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt.
4: And from Studio Feline, for the last time ever, I'm Sarah Lane. From my
2: Midwest estate, I'm Len Peralta. And
3: from a smaller, smaller estate on the West Coast, I'm Roger J uh you you can hear
0: back in the background there our guest today chris ashley from the smr podcast how's it going man i'm doing great how are you guys doing doing good i heard you react to the last studio feline i didn't know i was like what what
4: what did i miss i mean there'll there'll be a new studio feline just not this
0: particular room room. will it be called studio feline still
4: i don't know i mean Mm. i i i will take suggestions from our audience will it be the the same
1: color Mm. it
4: will be studio feline in 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 spirit no matter
1: yeah. what it is. We're going with different colors. We're going to switch it up to burgundy and gold like my Redskins room. <laughs>
4: it's not,
1: not, no. 49ers are almost the same colors. You could probably do that. Right?
0: Yeah, that there is true. <laughs> All right, let's start today with a few tech things you should know.
4: Windows 10 Insider Preview Build 18262 has expanded the list of default Windows apps that users can now remove. The list now includes mail, calculator, calendar, movies and TV, and six other apps in addition to the seven that can already be removed in the latest public updates.
0: Brazilian newspaper Fula de Sao Paulo reports that companies contracted a service to circumvent WhatsApp's spam controls and send mass messages through to Brazilians attacking candidate for President Fernando Haddad. Brazilian law prohibits businesses funding of campaigns and restricts how contact lists can be obtained for such purposes. The messages apparently began before the first round of the elections that happened on October 7th, and the second round, the runoff between the top two candidates, is scheduled for October 28th. The message campaign is being investigated by Brazil's Supreme Electoral Court, and WhatsApp, of course, is investigating as well.
4: OnePlus is moving the announcement of its 6T phone from October 30th to October 29th. You might say, "Why? That's just one day." Well, in order to be avo- to avoid being announced on the same day that Apple announces things.
0: They at least want one press day. <laughs> Just, they get yeah, just
4: let's we're just gonna move it.
0: To- <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about the ongoing Bloomberg hack story. It's still being denied. U.S. Director of National Intelligence Dan Coates told Cyberscoop he has not seen any evidence supporting Bloomberg's report of a hardware compromise of super micro motherboards. We've talked about it previously on the show. Coates did add, we're not taking anything for granted, and said, We're always watching. So he was hedging a little bit. Uh in addition. Not hedging was Apple CEO Tim Cook, who told BuzzFeed News regarding this story, there is no truth in their story about Apple. They need to do that right thing and retract it. Uh, Apple doesn't call for retractions. Even when there's been outright fraud about reports, they don't call for retractions. Bloomberg told BuzzFeed, Bloomberg Businessweek's investigation is the result of more than a year of reporting, during which we conducted more than 100 interviews. 17 individual sources, including government officials and insiders at the companies named, confirmed the manipulation of hardware and other elements of the attacks. So the conundrum continues about who do you believe. Uh there's the companies outright denying it. There are the government officials coming out on record in public saying we have not seen anything about this. And then there's Bloomberg saying, Yeah, but we've got seventeen people who want to keep anonymous so they don't get in trouble who say it did happen.
1: Man, this is this story is unbelievable. Um, because it's just not going away, and I'm glad yeah. it's not going away. And it's one of the first stories of this nature that I'm like, I truly do not know who to believe, because I get it. You know, you, you it's a tough thing to come out in the public and say, "No, this is not true at all." Because if anything comes out and proves it to be true, your 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 credibility is completely finished, and potentially that, an SEC investigation, depending. Right. And but at the same time, you know, they're saying they got 17 people. That's back in the story and a year of investigative work. So, some you know, is it possible for both of these sides to be true? Sure, you know they could have somebody could have kept it a secret and kept it out of the. But you know, when you look at the the history of China hacking into U.S. companies and stealing information and uh, um intellectual property, it it's not that far fetched of a thing to happen. So I don't, you know, I I, I don't know why people are pretending like this is so. Out of the realm of possibility, but but I just don't know who to believe in this one.
4: Well, and it's also unusual, as you mentioned, Tom, that Apple would be speaking about this at all. The fact that Tim Cook was like, "This is false," and they need to retract their story is different than saying, "If this happened, we had no knowledge of this," yeah. or just saying nothing at all. So, yeah. the fact that Apple's on the kind of the offensive here is. It's unusual, and it, it 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 makes me wonder. Not not that I don't think that Bloomberg's sources weren't credible, but it's like for Apple to do that, the company must feel very confident uh, that they're not going to be, you know, you know, left. I don't know what the metaphor is. Well, found uh, to be lying, yeah. <laughs> well, found to be lying, li- yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's it's it's. It, it, I I guess perhaps if the company thought that um Somehow, you know, the supply chain would be hurt. Uh, their, you know, bottom line would be hurt. Uh, sure, you could do this, even if you weren't totally sure that you were saying what you, you know, said were saying to be saying. Even but- then,
0: though, it's that's super risky because you you've got you've got shareholder fraud, uh, you've got blown right. credibility. Uh, you just say something vague, or you don't say something at all. And then the day this first broke, that's what Justin was doing was parsing what little had been said to say. Well, they left wiggle room. There's no wiggle room left. Uh, mm-hmm. Apple does not ask to. Ret- Tracked a story ever. Uh, So they are saying, we don't believe this story at all. Uh, Which, if to fit the facts, the only explanations are the one that Zach Whitaker has, has kind of floated out there from TechCrunch that the people talking to Bloomberg have not informed the other people they work with at their companies that this happened, that they've kept this under wraps. Uh, the other issue would be that the 17 sources somehow are lying to Bloomberg. And I guess the third would be that somebody's lying uh, fr- at Bloomberg, uh, that the reporter is somehow hoodwinking his editors into believing sources uh, that And the all of those are caught. far-fetched. Yeah, exactly. Scenarios. They're all far-fetched. Right. The, the one about- the reporter seems the most far-fetched to me, but it has happened before, so that's possible. The one about employees finding out a hack and, and being suppressed and not being able to tell anyone feels like the only one that could be po- really probable to me. And even then, it's, it's, it's a small probability
4: story. This is something we will obviously revisit as it unfolds. Moving on though, the verge obtained a fee schedule for European device manufacturers who want to license Google's play store and other mobile apps An EU antitrust decision requires Google to make search, Chrome and mobile services available separately. After February 1st, 2019, fees will range from $2.50 to $40 per device, depending on the country and the pixel density of the screen. A source said that Google may offer to cover the cost for manufacturers who decide to include Search and Chrome as well. The company previously made all three available for free generating revenue from Search, which it shared with the manufacturers. The fees for mobile services are meant to make up for lost Search revenue caused by the Absence of Chrome and search apps on a device. Google reportedly will not share search revenue with manufacturers who don't place Chrome in that application dock.
0: So the Pixels, the Pixels thing is just a stand-in for the the price of the phone. Uh, More pixels per inch usually means a more expensive phone. So that that's that's where that comes from. The rest of this is just saying: in the old way, we gave it to you for free because we made money on search and we required you to put the Chrome in the dock. Uh, where it would generate search revenue. And so we shared some of that with you. Now, since you have the option of not doing that, we're going to charge you to cover the cost we're losing from search if you only put in the Play Store and not Chrome and the search app. Uh, And if you don't put Chrome in the dock, we're not going to share the revenue with you because you're not going to be making us as much.
1: Yeah, for me, this is just all too little too late as far as I'm concerned because they already destroyed the uh, competitive market for Mm -hmm. other operating systems by letting them give it away for free for so long something of value that they gave away for free in order to hook in their services. We all knew what they were doing. We all talked about it, um, and they did it anyway. And now that all the other operating systems are done, now we're going to hit them with a fee. And yeah, so it's like, what's the point yeah, other, other than a money grab at this point? So I'm, I'm, I'm really annoyed with this story because this is something that should have been done years ago.
0: So you don't, you're, you don't think it was right for Android to to be bundled in the first place and you do, but you don't think that this remedy is going to increase competition.
1: Well, they they I don't have a problem with them bundling, but they should have been charging for the operating system, right? Mm. They, they, but they gave it away for free so they could pull you into their services. Which I get it, you know, it's, it's not it's not a dumb thing to do, but the fact that they allowed them to give the operating system away for free, which allowed it to spread much more rapidly than windows and then you know which you know also then helped to kill off uh the blackberry os Hmm. um yeah it it was a problem back then we all we all knew what was going on and uh that's it we're down to two operating systems now for phones
0: facebook has hired former uk deputy prime minister sir nick clegg to be head of global affairs and communications so he'll be global pr for facebook He is the former leader of the Liberal Democratic Party, or Liberal Democrats, the Lib Dems. Uh, They are the third party in the UK. Uh, He was deputy prime minister because the Lib Dems and the conservatives had a coalition government uh, a few years back. He will eventually, next year, move to California, so he's leaving the UK. Uh, He is not the first Lib Dem to work for Facebook. Lord Allen of Hallam is Facebook's public policy chief for EMEA the Europe, Middle East, and Africa region. So uh, if you're in the third party in the UK, your exit strategy appears to be becoming Facebook.
1: (laughs) More importantly... Let's hire somebody on the inside that can hopefully get these regulators and get these countries off our back. Right. You know? And, and your somebody friends, who's right? not
0: polarizing in the U.S. He's a little bit polarizing in the U.K., but in the U.S., nobody knows who he is. So he <laughs> it won't, wouldn't be like hiring a Republican or a Democrat here.
1: Right. Right. Just get these people. I don't care what you do. Your job is to get them off our back. You know, we have these security breaches. We should not be bothered by these security breaches. <laughs>
4: China's largest retailer, JD.com, plans to launch a store on Google by the end of the year to sell directly to folks in the U.S. JD already sells in the U.S. through a partnership with Walmart, but the Google platform offers a much more direct approach, obviously. JD also plans to expand its facilities from a few in Los Angeles to several fulfillment centers and eventually an entire network. Meanwhile, back in China, JD is opening its logistics network to customers for sh- shipping parcels, uh, starting with app users in Beijing, Shanghai, and Guangzhou.
0: So yeah, essentially what JD's doing is saying we are doing what everyone always talks about Amazon doing, which is creating a logistics enterprise to help us get an advantage in shopping. We did it in China. It would be as if for US people uh, or people in other areas where Amazon works, if Amazon started allowing you to ship with them like you do with DHL or UPS or somebody like that. That's what JD's doing in China. And they want to do it in the U S they want to not only start selling more things in the U S on the Google platform, which is a little more open than their partnership with Walmart, but they want to build a logistics center here as well. And one would assume that maybe their goal is eventually to become a shipper
1: here. So I look at this and I'm like, initially like, come on, man. you know, you root for your American companies, but man, Amazon's getting way too big and there needs to be some competition out there to kind of keep things in place. So I, I actually don't really mind this and I hope other retailers step up and start getting their act together because, uh, you know, Amazon was great. And I, I'm, and I'm starting to realize I'm really hooked into a lot of their services. So, you know, competition is always better than having one 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 spot rule rule them all so i'm you know what bring it on
0: and it's a chinese company so there's always going to be that baggage around it but i wonder if there's you know plenty of room for it to work within the united states with united states warehouses employing people here uh that avoids that or is it the fact that it's chinese owned going to always be a problem for it
1: right yeah because obviously there's always the jobs aspect. So, yeah, you're right. So, if they bring warehouses and then they start employing people, and you know, that how will that be received? Um, for the people working, I'm sure to be received well. But for the powers that be right now, who knows what they'll say about it?
0: South Africa's GovChat citizen engagement platform has been invited to set up operations with other governments. Uh, it's worked for South Africa's government, and soon will be working for Democratic Republic of Congo, Ghana, and Nigeria. GovChat integrates its service into existing services, so they don't provide a new product. They say, what are you using? You got a website? You're using WhatsApp? Uh, we will help you make better use of that with our backend planet, uh, platform to to manage it. Uh, the idea being to to help governments converse with their citizens better.
1: You know, you can never go wrong with trying to communicate with the people you're supposed to be representing. Now, are they going to listen to the people that's using this chat? That's the that's the bigger question. But you know what? The fact that they're taking effort to at least put out a mechanism to facilitate the communication, you, you can't you can't hate on that. Yeah, I think I think it's uh I
0: think it's an interesting situation. I think it's something worth examining too. Uh to yeah, see sure. if 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 there are I don't know. In fact I would call on the audience, uh who always has more expertise than I do, uh if there are other places in the world where there are similar systems being operated, I'd be curious to know about it.
1: Yeah, because you always still hear people, you know, doing their writing letter campaigns and you know lately you see people catching uh their senators at the at their restaurants and stuff to get their communication points across. Um but yeah, I you know, I'm not active that much in politics other than paying attention to what's going on but i've never written a letter to a you know local representative so i don't even know if we have an app here that allows us to communicate and you know put points across and facilitate conversations
0: some governments do local governments do and some don't uh i don't think i don't know if there's one platform like that or not yeah so well folks if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes be sure to subscribe to dailytechheadlines.com All right, a couple of uh, stories floating about today illustrate a few trends we've been following on Daily Tech News Show. Huawei CEO Richard Yu told Digital Trends that Huawei is working on a foldable phone, particularly for 5G. So when 5G services come out, they want to have a foldable phone to go along with it. Of course, we talked about last week Samsung indicating it might show off a foldable phone at its developers conference in November. Huawei also developing uh, a chip for 5G, the Belong 5G01. Along with foldable phones, another trend are these small, limited phones, often meant to be a second phone, so you don't always have to carry your big phone. Kyocera has announced the KY01L that fits in a credit card slot in a purse or wallet. It's going to stretch that slot a little bit. It has a 2.8-inch e-paper display, weighs 47 grams. It's 5.3 millimeters thick. Uh, So you're not going to be able to put another card in there with it, but it technically can fit in a credit card slot. Uh, It includes a browser calculator and calendar launching in late November on NTT Docomo in Japan for 32,000 yen. That's about 285 bucks if you want to convert it to US. So we've often talked about like, well, phones are commoditized. What's the new thing for phones? And I feel like we're at the place laptops were when, if you remember uh, the netbook craze came along and people were like, well, we've got to come up with a new format for, net, for, for laptops. And you had these limited laptops, sometimes with connectivity built in. Uh, a lot of times they ran Linux. This feels a little bit like that to me. It's, well, what if we do a different form factor, which with laptops eventually became the two-in-one, which has become somewhat popular. Or what if we do a more limited version for people, which a lot of people, I, I know people who've emailed me directly want. They're like, I need a phone that... Uh, to take with me to various places. What do you guys think of these trends?
4: Well, Chris, I'd love to get your thoughts. We've definitely talked about the idea of the sort of second smaller phone, you know, where I think of it as like, laptop is probably a better analogy, but I think like, it's like a handbag, right? Maybe you have a small, maybe you have a big one, depends on where you're going and what you need. But with phones, you hear more and more that people are like, I want something more limited so that I'm not using it too much. It's not so much that it's smaller; it's that it's purposely it purposely has fewer features for the sanity of the human carrying it along with them.
1: So, one of these technologies I like, and one of them I'm just like. <laughs> and uh, there's no question of which is which. I, I don't I don't see the point of a device that does less when you can control what your device does by just not doing it. Uh, so if I don't want to do email on my phone, guess what? I'm not opening the email app. Um, I, yeah, d- uh, that, that one doesn't make a lot of sense. And the other reason why it doesn't make a lot of sense to me as well is because uh, you could just do these things with your, like like a watch, you know, the, mm-hmm. the new Apple Watch. You have 3G in it, so you can, uh, or... 4g so you can connect to you know your cell towers you can make phone calls you can run basic versions of the apps that are installed on the on the watch itself you know you can play music from it, you can hook your headphones up to it and, and so it's relatively limited so you know maybe the form factor is not necessarily what people are looking for but it's there for a lot of the stuff that i think most people would want to do anyway so uh, you know to me that that device uh yeah no it's not for me. But the other side of the house, which is the foldable device, and for me, the holy grail has always been I don't want a phone and, and a computer. I want one. um, And if a, if a foldable device that I could actually – that's actually powerful enough to me to hook up to my monitor and I could do work from and I can put it in my pocket and roll out, you know, because yeah, I just took a trip to Orlando. I'm going to Memphis in a couple of weeks. And the the battle to take less has never ended. You know, you got to take your extra battery. You got to take your uh your 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 various cables. You got to take your various hookup ports. You got to take you know your phone, your 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 laptop, and then of course the power cord for the laptop is always massive. I'm tired of that. Absolutely tired of that. I want you know, if I could have a little device that I could take with me and it's functional enough for me to go and do a presentation while I'm out. But then, you know, when I'm on, on a plane or, and I can fit on a plane and actually put the, the table down now uh and use the table but uh, <laughs> that's awesome but uh if don't i can just back don't lean back <laughs> no no still that's not allowed um but if i yeah i could you know have a device that uh, dual screen and i can just type and you know update my presentation or do you know whatever notes i need to do that to me has always been the holy grail and you know the the i'm hoping that panels per day from microsoft pulls out pulls that off you know, that's that's the one thing I've been kind of waiting for um, out of them is that take that surface, shrink it down, make it uh, both and I can carry one device with me or even if I still took a cell phone with me, that still would I wouldn't mind having a bag that has two phones, you know, basically two phones in it. So wait, um,
0: you're just tell- saying that nobody, no, why, why would anybody want two phones when one does less than the other? But a lot of your arguments here are the arguments I hear people making for why they want that second limited phone is, is not the same reasons, but it's the same general idea of sometimes I don't want to stick a big phone in my pocket or I can't
1: uh, yeah. and I need something more limited. Well, let me be clear. When I say two phones, I mean two devices the size the size of a phone.
0: Yeah, but you know? some people. The reason you you were just talking about of not wanting to carry all of the adapters and the batteries and all of that, I think is is one of the reasons that sometimes people want that more limited phone.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. But when I when I take when I when I pack my laptop, right? That that alone, if I you know, when you have two phones, even if I said I have two phones or two device two devices the size of a phone, it's still smaller than my laptop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it it still to me. I could even take a small. I don't even have to take my backpack anymore. You know what I mean? I could take a much smaller bag, you know, a messenger bag or something like that, and travel with that, um, versus having a backpack over my a backpack over my back or everything just goes into my my luggage bag. So that's that's the point I'm getting at. But mm-hmm. you know, if if it was good enough where I could just say, you know what, I don't even need a phone, or it is my phone now. You know what I mean? My phone is my computer. Uh, that's, that's just something for me personally, personally that I've been looking for. And I'm looking for expanded functionality on phones. You know, you know, you saw in, uh, New Orleans, the they started doing the digital driver's licenses now on the phone, yeah. you know, that type of, I, I want expanded functionality because I want the phone, I'm tired of carrying wallets. i you know, I, I just want to carry one device. And the, it, the, so this, that is way more intriguing to me than a limited device, um, with that does what my phone can do because like i said at the end of the day you can always limit what you do on your device
0: i want i want the haptic holograms where i have a limited device but sometimes i can unlock it and let it do more and it like put a whole screen and a keyboard up but it still only carry around a little thing
1: how about your watch has a hologram on it yeah. so you can take it off put it, it on just your It projects desk the phone everywhere. It projects it and then yeah. everything else is there. And maybe when we go um OG style and you, you know you can actually interact with the hologram. Not even my watch just implanted in my eye. <laughs> okay, no implants.
4: we've heard about this sort of like foldable phone that's going to be the new thing we've heard about it so much more than we've seen anything in action and when we were talking to justin robert young yesterday he mentioned the sidekick is as uh, you know, as you know, something that he qu- uh, equated Andy Rubin with really sort of mo- moving moving the needle forward. I was like, you know what? That's probably the last foldable device mm-hmm. that wasn't a laptop. You know, that was a smaller form factor. Where I was like, yeah, because I had one at one point, and it was it was revolutionary to me. Well, that's not what a foldable phone would be now. It's no. like we're you know we're done with the BlackBerry days, right? So, I it's it's almost it's either a form factor that has been introduced because we just need a new buzzword and yeah, now it folds or it's going to be something that actually does a lot of what Chris, you say that you need, especially when you're traveling that I feel like I can't, I totally can't wrap my brain around yet because I haven't seen anything right. that has made my life better. Right. That isn't, you know, a, a, a you know, a tablet plus like a keyboard. I that,
0: think foldable phones are a step on the way to that road. I don't know if they're the final version
4: right. of
1: that. Yeah. Right. Or
4: perhaps not.
1: Yeah, because the sidekick was super popular, especially, you know, you know, my my son had one and it was because they allowed them to type faster, you know, but now you can see them getting busy on a on a regular phone, you know, with the same type of speed. So, um, so yeah, I yeah, I think I, I agree with you 100% that, you know, just because it folds it's not that's not the reason why it has to be what people want. It has to be You know, it has to fold because the functionality it provides is bringing it above and beyond. And maybe it's just because there's more horsepower in that, you know, on that second half. Or maybe you can Mm. put it as a full screen and all of a sudden it becomes like a, you know, six, seven inch tablet um, for for that use case. But then you fold it in half and then it becomes, you know, a phone with the keyboard. I don't know. Or maybe you fold it completely over and it's just a regular phone. You know, that's the way I, you know, just off the top of my head uh, would see that type of thing being that useful.
4: Well, we do get a lot of foldable phone stories in our subreddit. Thanks to everybody who participates. If you haven't, you can submit stories and vote on other stories, and they might get selected in the show or also get into daily tech headlines at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. Also on Facebook at facebook.com/groups/dailytechnewsshow. show. right, let's go over to Chris Christensen of Amateur Traveler, who has a few tips for your looming and potentially expensive holiday travel.
3: This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. I had a friend who pinged me on Slack yesterday and said he's planning on traveling home for Christmas, but during... December, the rates have literally doubled for flights. What do you do? One is, don't travel in December. There just may not be better <laughs> flight options. But if you're looking for the best flight options, I would start with a meta search engine, someplace that does multiple searches like Kayak.com or TripAdvisor's flights. And then there are a couple of the booking sites that you might check out like ScottsCheapFlights.com, AirfareWatchDog.com, or if you're doing a more complicated route, Airtreks.com. There's also a new one, which I haven't tried, which is people-powered, and that is flystein.com. Stein like Frankenstein. Hmm. If you're trying to get home for the holidays and you're finding expensive fares, these may be able to help you. But again, the best way to get cheaper fares is to fly when other people aren't. I'm Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler.
0: That's good advice, Chris. All right, let's check out the mailbag.
4: Eric weighed in on our recent stories of streaming services on PCs, Macs, Chromebooks, and etc. Eric says, one service I know nobody's mentioned is NVIDIA GeForce Now. I got into the beta earlier this year. It basically changed how I played video games completely. My rig was just starting to date out. It was time for a new processor and motherboard and RAM. Now, I don't need to upgrade at all. I have a decent internet connection. It's 150 megabits uh, per second down. Um, And I would pay that gladly. So I'm pleased that it's free, at least for now.
0: Well, uh, that's another one to add to the pile for sure. Thank you, Eric. Uh, Appreciate that. And uh, let's wrap up by checking in with Len Peralta, who has been illustrating the show.
2: Yeah, you know, um, I'm interested in these foldable phones. (laughs) I don't know if... (laughs) Uh, they are going to sell well, though, unless we give them a fancy name, and yeah. that's what this cartoons cartoon's all about. Uh, there's, uh, um, I'm calling them the Origami iPhone.
0: Ah, so, Origami yeah. iPhone. That is like, Very nice. <laughs> I think I think Time that could up.
2: be a, a a big seller right there. Origami <laughs> iPhone. I like that you have a Steve Jobs ish guy holding <laughs> <What>? <laughs> exactly the hey, Origami man. iPhone. <laughs> This uh this cartoon actually uh if I, I don't know there's this uh, there's a cartoonist by the name of Caldwell. And if you look up Pay the Man Clarice, which is what um <laughs> Oh, so it's an homage. It's an homage to him. You'll yeah. see what the original cartoon was. So it's sort of nice. like a homage to Caldwell. <laughs> so look that up. And um yeah, this is in my store right now at LenperaltStore.com.
4: Is is Clarice Clarice Sterling or just no. the- Totally no, different Clarice. It's just,
2: just the name he chose. So I looked it up before the show, and I'm like, I'm going to use that thing. I'm going to use that little tagline there. So.
4: Uh, well, thanks, Len Peralta, and also thanks to Chris Ashley for being with us this fine Friday. Chris, where can people keep up with your other work?
1: You can always check me out on the SMR Podcast. Just go to smrpodcast.com, and we're in an iTunes store. Uh, three, uh, three cats, me and my two homies, uh, talking tech and other topics that we just feel like talking about that day. So it's a lot of fun. Um, When you listen, you kind of feel like you're one of us. So come on, check us out. You can also catch me on Twitter at Big Chris Ashley.
0: Folks, thanks for supporting us at patreon.com slash DTNS. It's the thing that keeps us going and allows us to try new things. One of those new things has turned into its own show, the monthly video game briefing with Patrick Beja and Scott Johnson, a show designed for you. If all of those other gaming shows are like, eh, I don't play that much, but some of them are too casual. This is right in the center. It's perfect for the DTNS listener who just wants to know a little bit more about what's going on in the world of gaming every month. Check it out at dailytechnewsshow.com slash MVGB.
4: We love your feedback. Email address is an easy way to do it. Feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live.
0: Back on Monday with Justin Robert Young. Talk to you then.
3: This show is part of the Broad Pants Network. Get more at FrogPants.com.
0: Prime and Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.
1: <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts?
0: Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash news ad free.